Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC, featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. Let's spend some time talking about and saluting some of the greatest athletes this state has ever seen. Trip Durham is with us right now, representing the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. Today is a big day. A new class of 11 inductees is getting ready to be announced right now. Trip Durham joins us to tell us who's going in and also to reminisce about a few of these guys, I'm sure. Trip, uh, thank you for coming on, man. How you doing? Mac, we are doing well, and I'm guessing that you're a Sonata. You're a uh, you're probably a light blue kind of guy. No, <laughs> I, I I can get down with the light blue, especially during hoop season. But I, I go black. I've got the black Sonata. Okay, all right. He's well, trying I, to get. It's a good thing Bone's not here. He's trying to get me in trouble. Trying to get me in trouble with the Duke funny. fans and the State fans. All right, brother. Let's get into this, man. So maybe let's do this. Let's do a few at a time. Maybe right. You got 11 total inductees. Let's do maybe, you know, maybe four at a time and then spend a little bit of time talking about some of the ones that our listeners might know the best. So give me give me like the first group of four inductees into the North We're going to give them to you alphabetically. This okay. is our milestone year. So it's our 60th and we're actually going to have the event uh, celebration in Charlotte on May the 10th. So we've got some great local flavor in there as well. You did mention this basketball season, alphabetically speaking. Randolph Childress will be part of this milestone class in 2024, obviously ranking second with Wake's career points with over 2,200, a solid inductee. Sheila Ford Duncan played her basketball at UNC Asheville, the first women's college player to ever score 2,000 points and grab more than 2,000 rebounds. Caroline Lind out of Greensboro, North Carolina. Caroline rode in the seventh seat and won gold medals in both the women's eight and in the 2008 and 2012 Olympics. Yeah. Uh, and so our fourth, a uh, little bit of local flavor, somebody that is due to be on WFNZ later on this afternoon, head coach Bob McKillop at Davidson, 23 nice. conference championships. Obviously, we know the story of coach right up the road. So those are, Mac, our first four. We have 11. Your thoughts, your awesome. decompress. Awesome. I, Bob McKillop, obviously, that that is a uh, no-brainer. I'm surprised he is not in yet so that one definitely makes sense and randolph childers what a baller and and randolph childers has one of the plays and speaking of baby blue sorry to bring this one up but that play against mckinnis and the tar heels like like he is one of the players in the state trip that when you mention his name i think of one play you know in particular as good as he was i'll never forget that moment yeah in 16 career or 16 years uh, in his career playing professional ball and just a lot of people cannot get to that number no, that's that's no, that's the thing too. That's you got to give him credit for that as well. In addition to the amazing college career. All right, so give me the next four. These are for people just joining us. Trip Durham's with us. This is live. This is the you know first time these names are being released. This is the announcement of the latest class for the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. All right, so give me the next four. 
So we're still going alphabetically. A name you may have heard, a native of Charlotte, uh, Jim Nance. Yes. Charlie Native, CBS Sports Broadcaster. Obviously, his three Emmy Awards over the years uh, have given him notoriety. 32 years leading play-by-play for NCAA basketball coverage for CBS. Pettis Norman, uh, regarded probably as one of the NFL's top blocking tight ends of all time. Um, at Johnson C. Smith right now, if you are the top uh, male or female athlete at J.C. Smith, it is known as the Pettis Norman Award. Oh, sweet. So, large legend there. Uh, Shay Ralph from Fayetteville. Shay is coming into the class. She was part of Gino Ariyama's uh, 2000 NCAA Women's Basketball Championship team at UConn, and right now she's the head coach at Vandy and sporting a 10-1 and record currently with the Commodores right now. We do have one posthumous recipient or honoree going in this year. It's Don Skakel. Don was 22 years at UNC with men's tennis, 16 ACC championships. In his 22 years, his overall record was 418 and 55. Who in the world wins 418 and only drops 55? So that is our list of the next four. That's impressive. And I remember Shay Ralph. I mean, there's there's names that are you know bigger in UConn history, but she was a baller. That's 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 a name that sticks out to me of those four, big time, no doubt about it. Well, again, we're going to be in Charlotte celebrating all of these fine folks on May the 10th. So uh, our website goes live with tickets at the top of the hour. That is N-C-S-H-O-F dot O-R-G. So we expect everybody to be at the Charlotte Convention Center. I'm telling you, you are a Durham. You are a pro, man. Working that in, uh, that is beautiful. Working that in. All right, so here here come the last three. You ready? I think there are going to be three names you know well. Still rolling alphabetically. Uh, Guy that used to catch footballs by the name of Steve Smith Sr. Oh, yes. Uh, somewhere down in that local Charlotte area, right? 13 seasons with the Panthers. Uh, team's all-time leader in touchdowns. You know the stats when it comes to Smitty. Uh, Q Tucker, uh, the first African-American commissioner for the NCHSAA. Uh, she's been with that organization since 1991. What she has done in the growth of participation for female athletes, as well as the recognition for minority coaches and administrators in the state, and 436 members within that association, Q has certainly had a great touch. And then last but not least, again, we're alphabetical. Ron Wellman, the athletic director at Wake Forest for 28 years. Ron helped raise more than $400 million in philanthropic support for the Demon Deacons in his time. And the number of awards uh, he has had nationally and chairing the men's basketball committee in 2013-2014, Ron is certainly a great way for us to round out this class of 2024. Very nice. So, all right. So, I'm looking at at this event. And we will one more time. We'll let you give everybody the details because the 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 these these folks are going into the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. The event will be here in Charlotte in May. But Deke fans, it's a big night for Deke fans with Ron Wellman and of course Randolph Childress. It's Bob McKillop. I mean, who doesn't like Bob McKillop except maybe like Charlotte 49er fans? Yeah. Only. But that's, <laughs> that's it. And then Steve Smith's going to be a big draw too, having Steve Smith as a part of this as an inductee as well. So. I'm so honored that you chose to announce them here on this show. 
Um, uh, we appreciate that. Give everybody the details, Trip, one more time. When is this event? When and where is this event being held? Because I know they got like in seven minutes, tickets will be available, right? Yes, exactly right. So I appreciate the the plug, Mac. Uh, NCSHOF.org. That's really short for the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame.org. Tickets are available starting at 8 o'clock. We will be at the Charlotte Convention Center in the Richardson Ballroom on Friday, May the 10th. Doors open at 5, and it's a really cool format. Uh, we have gotten away from the podium acceptance speeches. It is actually an interview. It's one-on-one with all of our recipients, and Debbie Antonelli will be the one conducting those interviews during the course of the night. So we open at 5. Guarantee you will be out by 9 o'clock with all of the sports love you could possibly handle. Awesome. Awesome event. Thanks again for uh, choosing to do the announcements here. We appreciate it, Trip. Thanks so much, man. Mac, you guys have a great day. Listening to WFNZ on 92.7 FM and WFNZ.com on the WFNZ app and by asking your smart device to play Sports Radio WFNZ. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. update. I do want to sh- send a shout out to Copeland, and we can read his joke uh, text here because Bone's not oh, here. Yes. Bone always seems so turned off by Copeland's uh, cunning wit for some reason. Maybe Bone is threatened. Maybe Bone's wit is threatened by Copeland's great wit. Maybe surely, that's what it is. Surely. Copeland said, Tepper should do a reverse Ted Lasso, and Dean Smith should be the Panthers head coach. Uh, cost efficient. I he, like it. He coaches both football teams. That's very cost efficient. Although I guess price is not a problem for Tepper, right? He was willing to pay for the all-star staff. I mean, to be fair, the team is 1-0 since Dean Smith showed up. That's so. right, baby. He was in attendance as well, man. All right, Mac and Bone with you. A Mac and Flound on the Mac and Bone show. Close enough. You. It is time for Portal Madness. And I don't know how y'all feel about this. There is an element of, it's for as much back Backlash as the portal gets, and it is crazy. And we talked about it last week, whether it's a this bad of thing. Um, two things. One is, and I saw Joel Klatt and uh, Dan w- uh, Woken, right? That's his name, right? Yes. Okay, people call him Woken, but that's a different thing. That's a different thing. And so his name is actually Woken. Yes, yes. That's I like believe a, the L is in there. That's yes. like a clever joke. Okay, there you anyway. go. So Dan Woken from USA Today and Joel Klatt brought this up. One thing about this portal flound and the NIL, it's the combination, right, of portal and NIL. Yes. Where guys are literally beginning get, getting offers to be bought, right? And now it's, it's legal somehow. It's not supposed to be legal, but somehow it is. But anyway, it does seem to have spread the talent out. Like, if you start looking yeah. at, at some of the schools that are thriving in the portal – NC State's now up to number four in the 24-7 portal, or number five in the 24-7 portal rankings. We'll get to that in a second. And also, even in recruiting, NIL maybe in recruiting is helping spread the talent out. Dan Wolken pointed out that right now on one of the services, Flan, maybe it was 24-7, if you look at their top 10 recruits, and tomorrow is the early signing day, by the way, tomorrow, but the top 10 recruits are all going to 10 different schools, which is crazy. That's top talent being spread out. So, like, maybe there is something to be said for NIL spreading the talent out a little bit. I mean, I know it's a small sample, so that's interesting. The other thing, too, Flound, is, especially with the quarterbacks, this is basically quarterback free agency. It's kind of entertaining. You know what I mean? I kind of dig it. As guys that love college football, it's kind of entertaining. Oh, my God, yeah. this quarterback's going where? So, anyway, let's start with some of the portal. Whatever you think of the portal, here's we can't deny it's happening. NC State adds Jordan Waters, the running back that, ironically— 
went off on NC State, had that big 80-plus yard run that killed State in a 24-3 win. And they said, write that name down. We're going to need that. They did. So they add him to Grayson McCall, to the kid, um, what's the kid's name? Jolie. Johnny Jolie, the tight Justin, end. Justin Jolie. Yeah, Justin, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, Justin. Justin Jolie, the tight end out of UConn. They got a DB from Maryland. They also got a wide receiver in this class, too, whose name escapes me. Well, uh, Wesley Grimes, the transfer from uh, oh, yeah. Wake Forest. Oh, yeah. What the, how the hell did I forget him? So they, and, and by the way, a bunch of these transfers right, right from in the Carolinas. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, NC State 24-7 has them as the fifth best class. I don't think you can deny Flount. And then when you start looking at NC State's schedule for next year, it looks pretty doable. NC State, bro, you're going to have to deal with it, Flound. You hate it. But there's going to be major NC State hype from right now right on through to the season. Ah, what could go wrong? They've never let uh, their fan base down before. Uh, <laughs> that, no, that is, I mean. That's the rub is yeah. NC State with hype sometimes. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, it's it's an unbelievable job done by Dave Doran. And it shows you that not only is he doing a great job, but their NIL collective is doing a great job to bring in some of these big names. Um, You mentioned it. A lot of it is, is guys that they probably had previous ties to, which is, you know, something that I think you, you, it's an element of recruiting now. Like, even if a guy does commit somewhere else, it's smart to still stay in contact with him. Leave everything good on good terms. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, you got to give him a lot of credit. I mean, they're they're doing an amazing job. I mean, right now, they're they're the best portal team in the ACC, and it's frankly not even close. They're getting after it, man. And and I think it's a good thing you brought up the NIL. I saw a lot of the NC State insiders pointing out that, I guess, Savage Wolves and Pack of Wolves are the names of their uh, two of their collectives. Uh, I thought those were names of guys on Pack Pride on the message boards, personally. But no, that's their collectives. And apparently, they've really stepped it up. And Dave Dorn, too. Dave Dorn called them out, saying, we need money. That's the way the game's played. And he took a little bit of criticism for it. But I think every coach needs to do that. And they have responded. So major credit to everybody in Raleigh. If you're a state fan, you got to be psyched. The only bad news is Wolfpack Mac will be a factor. I know I don't. You don't like it when I'm on your side, oh. y'all. But I'm going to be a factor. I'll go go all in, Macker. What <laughs> right. could go wrong? So let's get to some of these quarterbacks. So KJ Jefferson from Arkansas is indeed in the portal. It'll be yes. his sixth year. Yeah, but he will be in the portal leaving Arkansas. By the way, how long did that take? We heard the rumors like before it even opened. Oh, he was going in for sure. Yesterday, he finally officially enters the portal. So what had to be happening was Arkansas's collectives trying to put money together to save I mean, him or something. I guess so. Right? I got to be honest. That's why. Did it took you so long? see? Did you see the tweet? that he put out the other day where he said, out this B? Yeah, he did. That was a weird Why one. would you want to keep that guy? That was Clearly, weird... he hated being there. That was a... He was there for five years, too. Like, it's insane. I, that was a weird way to announce your yes. leaving. I'm out <laughs> this B. Uh, anyway, that was what Miles Bridges said to the Canadian Mounties when he finally left to come back to Charlotte last <laughs> night. I'm out this B, y'all. Anyway, all right. Um, how about... Uh, so, Carson Beck staying at Georgia. Huge. Which is huge for them, the way the level at which he played at. Jaden Daniels to the NFL. That doesn't surprise yeah. anybody, obviously. Yeah. They're starting to hype him up now as a top 10, top 12 type pick. AJ Swan, the Swan got away. The Swan flew yeah, away this from was Columbia. One that, this was Bone. one that Matt, that uh, Bone said was in the bag. Yeah, Bone thought South Carolina had him set up as, yeah. the, as the backup, veteran backup to Lenore Sellers. He goes to LSU. Again, the way I look at this is a late offer, right? A late money offer. Yep comes in. I, that's the way I'm starting to look at these things when they change or whatever. Um, speaking of things changing at the last minute, and I do think this might have been a late money offer too, Matt Rule is the toast of college football this morning. 
I don't oh, say this. Yeah. I don't say this with joy. Um, but he flipped Dylan Rayola, number eight overall, I believe, on the ESPN rankings. Absolute stud five uh, star quarterback. Elite. From Georgia to Nebraska. They pulled it off. I'm sure the NIL folks were involved there. You got to give him credit. You got to give him credit, Flown. And this might be the best because he's never had like a ridiculously talented quarterback, even in college. Yes. Like, remember when they won big with Charlie Brewer, right, at Baylor? This is going to be easily the most gifted QBs ever had. Well, I'd throw pros in, too. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing that you do have to wonder about is, again, with the era that you're in, landing these guys out of high school is one thing. Keeping them their entire career is another. Now, he does have his uncle that is on the staff, so that could certainly True. help. He might have gotten a raise. But, I mean, yeah, this is this is massive. If, if they can find a way... For this guy to be their quarterback, even really right out of the gate, yeah. you wonder just how good they could be. I do. Now, the he, thing that sucks for him is that if you got him in there in the current state of affairs in the Big Ten, oh, you'd have a great chance. You'd uh, probably be going to Indy. That was well, out that division, the window. That, that, that division leaving, he, uh, that's so true. Oh, they could have won that division every damn year. Oh, you hate it for him. now, no divisions. By the way, um, so Matt Rule, I'm telling you, he can coach college ball, man. He's a doofus and a half as a pro coach. We all saw it, right? Um, with the bumbling and stumbling. But, man, that dude, I think he can coach college ball. By the way, the Pac-12 continues to kill it with quarterbacks. Will Howard goes from K-State to USC yep. to be with Lincoln Riley. Um, that still won't help your defense, Lincoln. And UCLA gets... No, Oregon gets UCLA stud go. recruit By the way, for Dante Moore, uh, big quarterback. T- big Ten now, Macker. Big, those are Big Ten. Oh, I, <laughs> my bad. There is no Pac-12 no, anymore. The Big Ten is still killing it. Oh, That's yeah. on me, y'all. That's on me. Yeah, God, two huge dang. ones, though. Will Howard's going to be really interesting yeah, for them. God, that, that was a fit that I didn't really see coming, but I think it's going to pay off. And then, yeah, Dante Moore. What a freaking stud, and he'll be also, in a system that'll help him. I also got a shout-out. Oh, definitely. We got a shout-out Western Kentucky. The Hilltoppers were down 28 What a nothing. comeback. This was a good game. And by the way, I hated. I went away from this game for a while and didn't realize <laughs> until the end of regulation that they had tied it. So anyway, they were down 28 nothing to ODU in the first ever famous Toastery Bowl over there at the Jerry on, on UNCC's campus. And they rallied from 28 nothing down, force overtime. They had multiple block kicks, including one in overtime. And they win it on and they win it um, in OT. And after the game, because it's a famous Toastery Bowl, they do Toast Angels. They all threw toast up in the air, and guys with toast laying on the ground did angels, like snow angels in the toast. Come on, bowl gods. Do not let this be the last famous Toastery Bowl. The hell with the Bahamas Bowl. Don't take it back there. This famous Toastery Bowl got wacky. They did toast angels. This thing needs to stay, man. Well, I mean, let's be honest. They're going to see that. They're going to see the turnout. They're going to see the excitement of the players, people eating toast, and they're going to say, you know what we need? We'll just add another bowl game. <laughs> That's true. They aren't opposed to that. I'm telling you, man, uh, turnout definitely more than the Panther game the other day. Definitely more than that. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta 
and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. Wesson Walker back, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Going to the text line, reading some of your Hornets thoughts. Jason and Concord said, keep Nick Richards also. Okay. Backup center? He's fine enough. I don't know if you would say he's untouchable by any means. But this is how it's going to work, though. Like, I think there is going to be a lot of turnover next season, or certainly more than you've ever seen, because... The roster just doesn't change that much in the yeah. Mitch Kupchak tenure. Outside of draft picks accumulating, that's about the only change that you see. But if you wanted to keep Nick Richards, like, that's fine. It just doesn't mean you hold on to him at all costs. Like, you go into an offseason with the intent of keeping LaMelo, Brandon, and Mark. And those guys aren't being shopped. People can call and say, how much would it take? It'd be, well, it'd be a lot of first-round picks. For Mark, it would be whatever. But you're still keeping them as much as you possibly can for Gordon Hayward, for Terry Rozier, for even PJ, for whoever. Yeah, you can start to figure out what the market is on all of those guys. Uh, Rachel said the Hornets could not let us have that victory Monday without acting foolish. That is correct. The Charlotte Hornets (laughs) would not let us have that. How Um, dare you? uh, Yeah, there are plenty of other Hornets texts that we can get to in just a moment. And uh, most people just are frustrated with a lot of the losing that's gone on. At least the Panthers did give us a victory Monday. And there are some plays to talk about here. A part of victory Monday. There are. Let's do it for a second take Tuesday. Wes, why don't you lead us off? What play do you have for your first play to break down? Well, I started out in the first quarter uh, when Dante and Frankie Louvu made those big defensive plays on third and fourth down, respectively. I thought that that set the tone for this defense when they had one of their best days in the season on a unit from a total defense standpoint that's been playing really well. Uh, I thought Dante coming up, sticking his head in it. He might get hurt in a lot of cases when he does uh, stick his head in for those tackles, but he will do it. And that's one thing I'll give him credit yeah, for. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and he got in. <laughs> yeah, he might get a little banged up when he does, but he'll do or it. Or miss and, it entirely. Like, that's what I love about Dante. He's not scared to do it. He's just either going to whiff, he might get injured, or he might make the play but yeah. he's not scared to do it and on this time he did make the play and then on fourth down uh, Frankie Louvu came through there uh, and made the play as well and I thought that that was big man I'm all about psychology of sport and setting tones in games and I think when your defense comes out on back-to-back plays like that and uh, makes 
big stops, I think that gives your team a shot in the arm. No, I love that. I think it goes in line with the cornerbacks playing a lot better this year than what they did last year. And J.C. Horn, it's it's a little weird because he's been injured for so much of the season. Yeah. I can understand either side of the argument. He's well, been he's been back. He's been playing yeah, well. Yeah, right. Um, I'm going to go with the offensive side of the football. And I feel like because, of course, we're going to focus on the game-winning drive. Mm-hmm. I feel like another important drive was the drive at the end of the first half. And we actually saw some creativity from Thomas Brown to lead us off. And Wes, I want to go to that second drive just as a whole, but I will focus on a few plays. It's just you had everybody step up, it felt like. Atlanta scores a touchdown. All the jokes start rolling in on Twitter. Oh, they scored a touchdown. Game's out of reach. And that's how we feel. It's only part joking. Like, you're 46% joking. Everything else is the truth. Yeah. But then they come out. Smith-Marset gets it on an end around. Hey, this guy's really fast and a good playmaker. Let's give him the football. I like him. Yeah, I do too. Let's give him the football and see what happens. And you know what? On a first down, you hand it to him on an end around, and he picks up 15 yards. Okay, Bryce Young steps up. The offensive line pass protects. Separation. Adam Thielen juked my guy where his shoes almost uh, fell off. That was a second and 16 play, and that's what I want to roll with. There are plenty on this drive you could pick. I want to roll with the Adam Thielen play because they were at a second and 16 where Chuba Hubbard runs, has a one-yard loss, but then there's a penalty, I believe, that sets him back a little bit. And then you need to pick up a lot of chunk. You need to pick up a lot of yards to set yourself up for a nice third-down scenario. And boy, do they do it when Adam Thielen breaks back to the line of scrimmage. And with that break, the cornerback almost falls down. I mean, it's like an and-one juke-out move. Thielen goes to the sideline. Bryce Young realizes it. Plenty of separation. And Thielen is able to put them in a third-and-three scenario. After second-and-sixteen, I was like, okay, that might do it. Penalty, bad plays, might do it. They're not going to be able to score. But on that one play, it keeps them alive. And then the offensive line continues to produce for him. Thielen had a couple of catches on that drive. So I I just really liked that one to erase what could have been detrimental, what could have erased the good drive right from the start. But everybody steps up. Offensive line protects. Bryce Young delivers a nice pass. Adam Thielen gets separation. Thomas Brown showing some creativity. We haven't seen everything click like that. It's really rare. And we got to see it at least a few times in this game. Yeah. And so I'm going to go to offense as well for my second play and looking at when Bryce Young threw that complete Completion to uh, Sullivan late in the second quarter. It yeah, was a 37. And, you know, you look at it and two things there. For one, you love that Bryce did a great job of throwing to Sullivan in the face of pressure. Uh, that's what NFL quarterbacks do. You want to know the prerequisite for being a successful NFL quarterback. It's defensive linemen coming in your face about to blow you up and you still step up and throw it and complete it. But Sullivan, though, when he makes this catch, he's a guy that's just been popping up over the last month, making catches and coming through with plays. He's got some bravado. He's getting up and talking a little trash. And I'm like, is this a guy that could be a solution at tight end? Maybe not necessarily a starter. I'm not saying the guy's going to be the next Tony Gonzalez. But is this a guy that could be a good rotational tight end? Maybe you roll with Sullivan and Tremble for next season as your guys to see what maybe they could do. But this is a guy that's been kind of dependable. I mean, he hasn't made a bunch of catches, but when they've thrown it his way more times than not, he's come up with the foot.
football, and just when you look at his makeup, he's a tall guy. He's got good size. Yeah. And you just wonder, you like, is this a guy that could be a solution at tight end if you give him more opportunity? No, and Stephen Sullivan, he's going to make a play, one play a game. And I think T-Bone was talking about this earlier this week, where, yeah, he'll have one reception per outing. But it feels like they're big plays every single time, Wes. Yeah. Anytime Sullivan brings in the football, it's going to extend the chains. It's going to be one of the deeper passes that they have all season long. There was that one outing where he had like four receptions. But when we do this, hey, everything needs to change. We'll have a conversation about what needs a gut job more, the Hornets or the Panthers. But with the Panthers, like there's some guys that you can hang on to because you're not going to get much value trading Steven Sullivan anyway. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you could cut him, but I don't know how much work that I don't know how much value that would bring to yeah, you. I mean, he's got nine catches for 104 yards. Bring it in. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> but at 6'5", 245, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's got some of the skills and some of the makeup you want to be a guy that could contribute. Yeah, well, I love it. Uh, Steven Sullivan has been doing a nice job. All right, I want to go to one play here, third and seven, and it's late in the third quarter, but I just thought that this was a nice play for Carolina to be able to make one. And it's Marquise Haynes actually on the outside making a play in the run game. Marquise Haynes, known as the NASCAR package, flyer, small guy coming out of Ole Miss, and we've missed him in a pass rushing sense this entire year. Maybe not an all-star pass rusher, but you don't need to be an all-star pass rusher in this defensive set in order to put up some numbers. We just need some average production. We need something competent. And what was nice to have here with Marquise Haynes making a play on third and seven, it was, here's a smaller guy getting across the line of scrimmage and actually bringing down Bajan Robinson, forcing a punt on the Atlanta Falcons part. I just thought here is another guy stepping up that's been injured quite a bit, doing something out of the ordinary for him, getting a, 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 a some production mm-hmm. from a place we usually don't see it from a certain player. And we even saw some plays from Thurman, certainly Derek Brown, and even Brian Burns. Like Those are the guys you expect to see it from. But Haynes making a big old tackle in the run game on third and seven I thought was a big play for them to stop that drive. Because yeah, that I'm, was even after a deep play for them, um, I think, to set them up even at midfield. Yeah, and he's another guy that since he's come back from injury, he just flashes. Every now and again, you'll see him, he'll pop up and, and make a big play. And staying on the defensive side, I'm going to go to the Xavier Woods interception uh, in the fourth quarter and it set up the game-winning drive and got the Panthers the ball back. But in my mind, Xavier Woods, to me, when he's been on the field, it's been debatable if he's the, the second most valuable defensive Panther so far. I mean, you got Derrick Brown, to me, that's been the guy. He stepped up. I know that Brian Burns has his stats when you look at the TFLs, but the sacks, like I said, coming into this matchup, two in seven games, just inconsistent. I know he gets the double teams and some of that, but still just not enough from him. But I just feel like Xavier Woods is a guy you feel his impact when he's out there on the field, whether it's making a big hit or whether it's getting an interception or whether making a play in the second day. Xavier Woods has been a really, really good player for this team this year. Yeah, I mean, I think if you talk about Somebody that you trust. I trusted him as a safety. I think we felt pretty good about the safety duo coming into the season. But you talk about a sense. Frankie Louva, we already loved coming in. Derek Brown already flashed last year. Brian Burns is asking for $30 million And at some point, worth probably 25 I think 25 most people would agree with. He's fine you know, being paid that kind of money. But from an ascent standpoint, from average, helpful, somebody that you rely on to, oh, he's good. Yeah. Like, he's really 
really good. Xavier Woods probably embodies that as much as anybody on the team. Yeah. Adam Thielen on offense with that same kind of glow up, but Xavier Woods on defense has been that guy. He's certainly a building block uh, for this defense going forward. I think it's a guy that they need to keep. Um, I'm going to continue to roll with uh, Amir Smith-Marset. Every single play, they gave him a football. He was going to pick up 8, 9, 10 yards. He got 15 the first play of the game, and then they just said, all right, it's working. I don't know how creative it is if you just keep going back to it on some end arounds, but he's really fast, and he's good in the return game. Let's just keep giving him the football, even in red zone territory, and see what he can do. And all he did was continue to produce for them. I wonder, the reason I point those plays out is he's starting to get a lot more involved in the offense. Like, they kind of flirted with throwing him a few screen passes here and then, but he probably averaged a touch probably every, like, three plays, or excuse me, three games or so. I wonder now just how many touches he's going to get on a game-to-game basis. If you look at his stats from this game against Atlanta, Four carries, 31 yards, two receptions for only one. But when he was involved in the rushing attack, he was able to pick up 7.8 yards per carry. Like, I just, we need some explosion. Where else are you going to get it from? And so I wonder if that's something that can set us, okay, the last few games of the season, maybe you can get your explosion from a guy you traded a conditional seventh-round pick for. There's not a lot of trades that Scott Fitterer has won. I don't know how impactful it's going to be, but he won this one. Already worth it. A conditional seventh-round pick that I don't even know if you're going to use anyway. It's at least taking a flyer on somebody that's helpful for you at the end of the season. No, I I like this guy a lot, but I, I like the type of player that he is. When you talk about coming out of the University of Iowa, this is a 4-4-3 guy that he ran at his pro day. These are the type of players you need to create mismatches to keep the defense thinking because to your point, Walker, when you talked about you didn't know – how beneficial it could be to do it multiple times. I like it a lot because whether he gets the football or not, I got to pay attention to that. A guy with that kind of speed, I got to pay attention to that. And it's going to make me freeze for that split second for guys to be able to get on their blocks easier, for Chuba Hubbard to be able to find that hole just a little bit easier and get up into that second level. That's what that does because especially after he proves effective on a carry or two, when I see that guy coming flying around the corner, if I'm a linebacker, I got to pay attention to that. I can't just dismiss it and say, oh, he ain't going to get the ball because then he gets the ball and boom, he's gone. And then you're looking stupid. So that's why I do like them giving the football as much as he did because it gives yep. you something else to think about. These are the type of players that you need and the type of play calling that you need. You got to always have the defense thinking about something because in the NFL, it's all about freezing a guy for that half a second or that full second for them to stop and think for for just in that frame of time, is this guy going to get the ball? What do I need to do right here? And then, boom, here comes Tuba. And then you're not ready for it. He catches you lacking, runs you over, or is able to get four to five yards. So I like what he brings a lot. I'm not sure what took them a while to be able to incorporate this guy, but he's definitely got the type of speed and mismatch type of ability potential that the Panthers could use going forward. They gave him six total touches, four rushes, two receptions. And they gave him the ball three straight times at the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth. First and 10 from the Atlanta 24, left tackle three yards. All right, second and seven, give it to him again. Pushed out of bounds for eight yards. All right, first and 10 at the Atlanta 13, coming out for the fourth quarter. What do we do? We give it to him again. Like three straight plays, three straight plays. And he was able to get eight and nine on the last two. Concord Jason uh, has a great 
tweet. He says Smith Marset can be our Debo Samuel from Wish. Exactly. That's <laughs> <I> <laughs> Have you it. shopped at Wish or Shein or any of those before? I know what it is. I've not shopped on it yet. Oh but yeah. I, I know people that love them, but I just haven't. Uh, I don't know. I, every time I look at some of the articles of clothing, I just haven't pulled the trigger. But I like them. I've done some Timo. Okay. Yeah, I know people like it. Stuff that I got. What do you, you think? Saw my USA Basketball shorts. Those are from Timo. Okay. No, I've seen some cool stuff. I just haven't, you know, I haven't uh, found something enough that wanted me to pull the trigger. I feel like Walker. If you were to visit their site, you would have wished you'd done it soon. I would have wished nice. what? You Pretty, have you bought anything from any of these sites? <laughs> um, no. Yeah, I'm telling you guys, I, right. I'm giving you the cosign. Uh, Timo's got some some good stuff. All right. Amir Smith-Marset, <laughs> wish Debo Samuel. I like all of it. Do you have anything else for us here when it comes to Second Take Tuesday? No, man, West? we good. All right, that is it for Second Take Tuesday. We had a couple of uh, defensive plays. Marquise Haynes making a play in the run game. Dante Jackson also coming in for a tackle. And perhaps a new explosive player on the offense, Amir Smith-Marset, trading that like conditional. It was the equivalent to me of trading a top 55 protected pick in the NBA because you need to trade something in order for there to be a transaction. And it usually doesn't convey anyway. That's how I felt about trading for Amir Smith-Marset, who I believe led the preseason in receiving yards for Kansas City. And yeah. speaking of Kansas City, uh, I wonder if they like, regret hey, trading uh, him we get that back? Carolina. It's a great question. Yeah. I, You know what? I'm not even kidding about this. I, I don't want to be so ridiculous, but knowing what they know now, Especially with Tony, every single drop is the worst drop ever for Kadarius Tony. He's going to drop it, and it's going to be an interception. And penalties. It's it's killer for them. So especially with Rasheed Rice being the only one that you can somewhat consistently depend on at the wide receiver spot, I really do wonder if they would have done that trade knowing what they know now. Because there's just no way you can. No wide receiver stepped up outside of Rasheed, who looks like he's going to be good. But Sky Moore, nothing. Kadarius Tony dropping everything. And even with the Travis Kelsey, who doesn't look like the Travis Kelsey that he had the previous five, ten seasons. Hell, we took something from Kansas City. That's how I see it. Well, you know, took a star. Had, Patrick Mahomes hadn't took so much money. He might still have uh, Tyreek Hill, you know. Uh, I, I, look, you could afford to pay both of them. <laughs> Kansas City just didn't want to. And so maybe Amir Smith can be our Tyreek Hill. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Earlier this week on the Kyle Bailey Show. Over 15,000 total yards. Oh! Steve Smith is going to go all the way. 
16 NFL seasons. If you see this face, that be my school. Five Pro Bowls and countless memories. When a dog gets an x-ray, they've got that Steve Smith inside their ribcage. Steve Smith is on WFNZ. Ice up, son. Ah, uh, the text line's blowing up. I'm sorry that I've upset some of the Bryce haters. Nah, it's a lie. You know I'm not upset. That's what I came in here to do today, to upset the Bryce haters. Because you can't even give the kid his flowers after a game-winning drive yesterday. So rest assured, I am going to spend a good portion of the next two-plus hours trying to get under your skin. Because you can't even give the kid his credit. Bryce Young engineering a game-winning drive. The defense played its tail off. The Panthers ran the ball well. The game wasn't pretty. I, we all know that. I, I tried to catch up on the national TV broadcast at halftime. And if you've got YouTube TV, you know what, it, what I mean when I say you can catch up via key plays. You click on a game broadcast, it gives you the option to join live or catch up via the key plays. So I thought, why not? Let's catch up on the key plays to see anything I missed. The next thing on my screen was, sorry, there were no key plays in the first half. That's how bad the first half was. But a win's a win in the NFL. And nobody knows that better than our next guest, Carolina Panthers legend, NFL Network analyst, the great Steve Smith Sr. back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you, man? Uh, you know, I'm a little froggy today. I'm, I'm trying to pick some fights and arguments. I, I, I get this way from time to time, but I won't do that with you. So don't worry about that. <laughs> That's cool, because I'm a little froggy, too. So somebody's going to lose, and I guarantee it'll be you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I like my odds in an argument, but if you say so. Um, but hey, what, what, are you frog- <laughs> what are you froggy about? What are you froggy about? Nothing. I was just I was just going with the move, bro. Uh, I, you know, good. Um, good. I'm not really froggy. I'm just chilling. All right. Well, listen, I, I am of the, the opinion that this has been a, a really rough season, and whether or not okay. yesterday meant are anything. Sure? Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that. But but whether or not yesterday means anything moving forward, I'm going to give those guys their credit for winning a game in horrible conditions, beating a division rival, and possibly ruining the Falcons' playoff chances. Where where are you on yesterday? Well, I already knew that this was going to be an interesting game based off uh, the information and the intel I had. And here's the intel. I was working in, in L.A., and two days prior to that, I had, uh, well, actually on Thursday night, while I was on air during a break, I got a alert stating bad weather. You can change or manage or re, you know, fix your travel plans now because A will possibly be altered. <clears throat> and so based off that information, so if the flight, an airplane, with this weather, is needs to make adjustments. I was interested to see how is this offense going to make adjustments because just like an airplane, the football, and when it moves in the air the same way airplane moves, depending on how the weather is, depending on how successful or unsuccessful a landing or travel would be. So I think those are two things that you can correlate. <clears throat> and so when I was watching the game, I wanted to see how were the how were the offensive line how was the the offensive conditions going to alter and change what happened and the first drive is you know started off well and then I saw on the second drive started acting like it wasn't raining like you know we had to throw the ball and we had to do this and I'm like it, it made me draw a conclusion I'm not going to say but I'm just scratching my head going wow. <laughs> And this isn't just the Carolina Panthers. The Houston Texans with C.J. Stroud a couple of weeks ago did the same thing. Mm-hmm. As if they were in Bermuda and it was, you know, or in the 
or in the Caribbean where it was 90 degrees and, and a little cool breeze and nothing's, you know, it's, it's sunny outside. I'm just amazed that this weekend and when Ickerman rather and when the playoffs come, how are these past happy teams going to figure out how to move the football without it, you know, being in pistol formation, making adjustments, throwing the football. And this is the second consecutive, seventh consecutive game starting uh, with Bryce Young, longest in the league, under 200 yards passing. This is the second highest of his career in quarterback rating of 93.6 and his fourth consecutive game without a touchdown pass, tied for longest in the NFL right now. And the the point of me making all this isn't to say, oh, she, Steve, he can't play. The point is sometimes watching not just the Carolina Panthers but other teams, how they are built to do one thing and don't seem to get be able to consciously or comprehensively get out of their own way by making in-game adjustments based on the current situation of the of the game and, and and how the flow of the game is going. So I'm looking at the last three games offensively. And if we go back to last year when Steve Wilkes took over as the interim, that first game against the Rams was awful. Uh, you, you remember what game I'm talking about, right? But then it got yeah. progressively better from there. You know, with a couple Why? of weeks, well, they had time to put in what they wanted to do, right? I mean, I think it comes down to that where you, you've... Go ahead. They, they started running the football because they realized the type of players that they have on the offensive line and currently is you got to run the football even if you stone yourself because there were times even when the rain, even if it's not raining, some of those guys are struggling to sustain blocks. Right. That isn't Steve being critical. That's just the facts, right? And there are times where they're running plays that, yes, Bryce should stay on on, uh, his progression longer. And there's times Bryce should get off of his progression because there's someone coming. There, there's a few people unblocked. Calais Campbell showed why he's a mammoth of a man, right? There's 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 weight room strong. There's strong. You think you're strong, and then there's called a guy named Calais Campbell, right? <laughs> and that's what we saw. And I I just was interested in seeing that, and I saw at times that the weather was against both offenses and some of the play selection was against both offenses. Right. The Atlanta Falcons put Ritter in bad position. You already know he's going to make a bad decision. <clears throat> now you're going to make a bad decision with a wet ball. That's a, even, that's, that's a worse decision. Yeah. Well, one of the questions that I had for you about that though, was with, you know, they got Thomas Brown and Jim Caldwell got control of the offense, the Buccaneers game. Then the Saints game last week, and now game number three yesterday. I feel like, and this is where I, you, your eye, you know, can inf- can inform here. There's a lot more under center, a lot more traditional play action. Like it looks like they're doing a lot of things these last couple of weeks that they just weren't doing the first eleven weeks of the season. Is that accurate? That's accurate because <clears throat> Frank Wright's offense is not built on RPO game. Tell me a time where RPO game has been implemented in Frank Wright offense. <clears throat> And that's where you know he—that's he, not who he is. That's never who he—he's been, um, you know. Because part of it is, you know, his age. He's an old head, and with that being an old head, he doesn't 
you know, he his offense has never been that. They haven't been that, and 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 that's one of the reasons that you know he ran into some issues here when he when he was a, a, a the offense coordinator and the head coach. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're seeing a lot of different things now. Now, in terms of the defense, how impressed are you with what Azero Evero is doing, and is he making himself a case to be a head coach here or, or somewhere else? I hope not. I hope he is not making himself a case for a head coach anywhere because I think uh, <clears throat> allow him to stay with whatever head coach that comes in because imagine how better he will be with some more guys that – he prefers that plays in that style of three, four traditional three, four, not hybrid three, four defense that he plays, get some depth at corner that guys who, in case the other guys go down, I don't know what they're going to do with safety. Do you don't not sure what they're going to do with chin? What happens if they get another pass rusher that can, be with Burns. Gross Matos, I saw he was, he was in on a few plays, but his he's lighting the caboose, and you saw because he's light, he couldn't really finish the play a few times. He was there, but he was only part of the party. He could not really finish the play by himself because I think he's just not heavy enough uh, to 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 really impact the way they have, especially with B. John Robinson, uh, Tyler uh, Algier, some of those guys um, that I saw he was in on the play, but he wasn't finishing because I think he's a little light. He's a hybrid guy. Hmm. Steve Smith Sr., Panthers legend, NFL Network analyst. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. I uh, would love a quick take from you just really quickly on uh, Derek Brown and the way that guy's been playing this Killer. year. I mean, just in- incredible the way that he's continued to play, I think. Well, he's a he's a true A and B gap player because of his versatility and because he's put in a good situation. You got to remember, I talked about it a year ago when I was doing the preseason. Matt Rule wanted him to be more of a lateral movement kind of, and I called him a dump truck. And what does a dump truck do, man? Dump truck only do a seven point turn because they're so big and 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 have so much uh, baggage that they're carrying. And they're able to put him out on different edges. He does a double team, his penetration, uh, a point of attack. Just he's able to impact the game. So think about this. He's, I think he's leading the league, leading the team in tackles. Doesn't have a lot of sacks, but he has enough sacks to impact the game. And he's back to his weight. He also has some guys out there that can help him. Last year, teaching him technique. So you have the maturity of getting your weight back up playing the way he was playing at Auburn, which is the reason why you drafted him. And all of a sudden now, he's looking like an all-pro tackle that you need. You add, you keep Burns, you add someone else, or you don't keep Burns, you add a impact pass rusher, not a situational guy like Gross Matos, a guy who can actually really impact and has statistical stats more than two years. You get two of those guys that can get 10-plus sacks on each side with Burns, I mean, uh, with uh, uh, a Brown, and all of a sudden, three out of the four interior linemen are all of a sudden penetrators. Now you have what the Carolina Panthers offensive lines experience every week, really good defensive uh, linemen, and it makes it very difficult for a quarterback to get comfortable back there. 
Sure does. Uh, I know it's only one, but it's nice to finally be able to talk about a win with you Man, again. It's two, bro. Well, no, it's I just, two. I, well, it's, yeah, it's true. It's two total, but uh, you know, yesterday was just one is all I meant. And uh, we appreciate you as always. Merry Christmas to you and yours. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, man. Yes, sir. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan.